Hey, welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Before we begin, a few quick things. Never miss an episode of Block Talk by subscribing on iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you're feeling kind, give us a review on iTunes, a five-star review if you're feeling extra kind. Also, head on over to patreon.com slash theater the now to become a patron of the website. By becoming a patron, you'll receive some incredible perks, including ticket discounts. And as always, follow us on Twitter and visit theaterthenow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. Today we're here with Matt Mitchell of Your Name on My Lips. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Not bad. I'm enjoying this almost spring-like weather. I know. I wish I didn't wear 40 layers on my way over. <laughs> yeah, I'm finally... I'm looking forward to wearing shorts, like, all the time again. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I hate They're... layers, and I just want to wear my flip-flops again. It's like the, the spring tears that break on that first day of spring when everyone's, like, so emotional. Yeah. Because the winter's gone. We're almost there, but... Yeah. And what a great day to have a happy International Women's Day. Yes, that's today. Yes, yes Um Hopefully this will get posted in time so people can <laughs> celebrate alongside us. Yes. Um, so yeah, let's, before we dive into the specifics, let's um, just plug the show. Your Name on My Lips is playing at Theater for the New City mm-hmm. until March 19th. Correct. So and you've already had a weekend of shows. We did. We How did. have those gone? They, we, it, it went well. We it was four shows so far, and we have ten more to go. Uh, we added two more that last week, but um, yeah, it's it's quite a marathon of a show. Awesome. I've, well, I've, we'll we'll get yeah. into that shortly, but let's learn a little bit about you first. Yeah. So where are you from? I'm from the south side of Chicago. Awesome. And mm-hmm. what was life like living in Chicago? Um, where I'm from, a pretty uh, different kind of suburb. I always like to call it the connector between the city and like your more traditional suburb. Um, we very much believed we were in the city of Chicago. Sure. Um, uh, where I'm from, sports are what you do. So I played every sport known to man. Um, what was your favorite? I mean, golf. That sounds lame, <laughs> but my, my dad will give me a thumbs up for that one. But um they weren't my thing which is so weird now that i'm in new york and i'm like a personal trainer and like fitness is like my my main thing but as a kid like that just wasn't it and like i remember my my, we're all irish on the Mm -hmm. south side so and actually like this upcoming sunday is like the biggest day in south side chicago the day before saint patrick's day the sunday before and there's so much Irish dancing and my sister was an Irish dancer and needed a guy to fill in and that was my first time like dancing. And I was like, well, this feels better than baseball. <laughs> so that's weird. But um, yeah, it's like, I, it, it was interesting growing up and doing arts. I, I was really lucky to have such supportive parents that like gave me everything for sports and the second I was like, you know what, this isn't me and I switched. I lucked out and had parents that were like, great, we're giving you all our support for this art thing. It's great. Yeah, because um, there are definitely parents that wouldn't be like that. You know, um, it's a lot more conservative, a lot more, you know, you go to school, you play your sports through high school, and then you get your, your job and you, you get to sure, work. Sure. So um, I'm really lucky. And I, I darted right after high school and moved to the city and just started learning. Great. And yeah. so let's talk about that. You came to New York and went to? Cap 21. And how was that experience for you? Amazing. I loved every moment of it. Um, it was incredibly mm-hmm. stressful, but I think anyone listening who went to a theater school has their own crazy stories and stresses. 
Um, I chose Cap 21 specifically. I was doing the whole, I went there the summer before for a summer program and fell in love, but then I still wanted to see all these other schools, CCM and BOCO and sure, sure. all this stuff. And I auditioned and um, I wasn't feeling great about my auditions. I didn't really know how to pick material that suited for me. But what attracted me to Cap was that they had the biggest focus on creating new works and training you how to create more than just picking up your Rogers and Hammerstein and how to recreate. I wanted to create from scratch. I grew, like before I ever sang or acted, I did music. So I played trumpet and French horn and piano and orchestra and jazz band and all that stuff. So like being part of creation was very important to me. And at Cap it allowed us to do that. We only did one show year in town and other mm -hmm. than that, everything else we created. It's great. Yeah. It was... So that is, how many years of a program is that? Two. So how did that Effect once you graduated from Craft 21, you're technically two years younger than most mm -hmm. people who would graduate from a four year school. What w did that have any factor in getting into the business at all? It, I, I actually think it did. Um, it gives it's two more years of networking that you don't get sure. if you're sitting in the in Cincinnati or Boston, but you know, that's different networking. You have to clearly people right. from those schools are doing well, so um, but for me, it was important. I, I'm just better at learning in, in the environment, so it was important for me to go to school, get that done. I did a six-month practicum program showcase and got that agent and then just started going for it and auditioning. And I think that, two, that I guess, year and a half gap between everyone else getting there really allowed me to get in with those readings and sure. those uh, people who are a little more established now. Um, so I, I do think there's advantages and cons because you do miss that growing up in and, a safe environment absolutely. on the campus. And there's certainly been some success stories coming from Cap 21. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, definitely. My... Yeah. Um, were you able to audition at all while you were in school, or did you focus I did not. That was a personal choice. But, I mean, my, my buddy Rodney was actually, he did a show for the guy who did Your Name on My Lips oh, right now. That's when he did that. Um, so he got his head start, and then they did... Um, Summer stock and all that stuff, and I, I was terrified. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it. I, I would like to stay safe in my studio and and perfect my... I'm one of those people who will, like, wait five years to sing a song in public because I don't feel the technique's just right. I mean, we've grown past that, but, like, in the school, that was very much who I was. So, you know. So now you are in this show at Theater for the New City. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about Your Name on My Lips. Yeah, so uh, your name... This is... Gosh, I want to say the sixth or seventh version of it. Um, Eric's been writing it since 1991, I think. And um, essentially, it's a show that gives spotlight and um, validates the feelings that teenagers and young 20s have with love. Because a lot of times it's laughed off or they're like, you know what, you'll grow, you'll learn, you'll get it. And we, we do, you know, like having heartbreak at 18 is the worst thing in the yes. world. And I, it is worth telling that story. Um, and it, it feels melodramatic and stuff, but it's something we all have been through. And right. uh, it took like 0.5 seconds to identify with the character I'm playing. Because I'm like, yes, I've, I've been there in high school, you know. So that's kind of basically the, the plot. She goes to college. She changes. I cope by creating a fantasy version of her. And then it just kind of pans out from there. Right. Anymore would kind of ruin the story. So what draws you to the material? Um, definitely... Uh, I'm all about just human connection mm -hmm. and the human condition, and that's why I love new works because that's always what the root of it is. If if these new works survive, it's because there's something there. And 
with Sam, the character I'm playing, he's just seeking that, he loses his connection, his best friend, the love of his life. So it's just this constant seeking of a connection, especially us here in the city, since this is the only place I've ever really been an adult. That's all we ever do. Right. We're constantly just look, we think we need to be at a bar with all these people, but no, what we're looking for is just to connect and feel validated for a moment. And that's all Sam's trying to do through this whole entire play is just feel loved. And like, so that's, we've, we've all done that. We've, we're all Sam, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I definitely related to it when I saw it, uh, I guess two years ago now, <laughs> um, that there is definitely a human connection. And I'm always drawn to stories about people and relationships, whatever the relationship should be. I'm always drawn by that kind of dynamic. Yeah. I think that the musical has it. Yeah, it does. Definitely. What's the biggest challenge of the show? Singing. Singing. Um, which is also what I consider my strength, but um, it's it's a marathon. Sam has between duets and solos, like 21, 22 songs, and then there's more songs you kind of take take part in. Um, so it's a it's a vocal marathon. I'm kind of doing the Christian Chenoweth thing from Wicked, <laughs> where I don't talk. I like leave my show, and the next words I say is when I'm warming up the next day. Um, but yeah, I have an amazing teacher, Mike Ruckles, who's just gotten me through this and. Um, a lot of a lot of neck massages, a lot of <laughs> neck massages. So, yeah, but definitely navigating the score. And I will say, I, I I do put my vote in that it's harder to learn music theory wise than Sondheim. Wow. Yeah. Right. Um, I I nor I can sight read pretty well, and I can sight read Sondheim and this stuff. Like I had to go home and like drill it. How long was the rehearsal process? It's on an AEA showcase code contract, sure. so it's four weeks rehearsal, 30 hours a week, and then you do your 12 to 14 shows, I think, depending on your contract. So we did four weeks of rehearsal for this. And did, is that normal for you as an actor do you, to only have that short amount of time? I mean, time? sometimes you get two weeks, but it depends. Like, if you get two weeks, it's because you're doing Mamma Mia in, <laughs> right. in, for, in summer stock and, like, doing a show that's already known and you can listen to a cast album. Right. Like, you can bang through that, but... Um, I don't know. I've done show like new works where like we learned it the day before and done it, but this was this is a production. Like we we have right. a set and costume and mics, so this is definitely a fur, further developed piece that I'm used to working with. Um, so it was a little bit longer of a process. I guess. So that knowing that this show had a little bit of a life prior to you coming in on board, did you find yourself? having the freedom to create the character for yourself or did you have some feedback of well this is how it's been done in the past can you do it a little more that way um i mean some of those notes came and you take them how you take them and channel them the way you do but you i really don't think we ever can do the take those notes Absolutely. and apply them like i'm like that's at the end of the day it's not me who made that choice and it doesn't make sense to me and i know i've taken this character in a very different direction mm -hmm. than it's been done um but overall, like you did, we did, we were given the freedom to create. And I think it was more so the way you structure your questions to the director that helped get you there. So instead of asking, do you think I should do this or this? It was more just about the connection to the girl or the connection to the cello she plays. And by just continually being informed by that, by the writer, I, the choices spoke for themselves right. instead. That's how I approached something that was very sensitive. And it, it, it is his baby. That's like his first musicals yeah. that he wrote back in the day. So the musical has a lot to do with the, it's, it's a piece of theater that has a lot of music in it and art. Mm -hmm. And it really has a message of why art is important. 
for you, why is art important? I, it's it's truly a savior, which is so cliche to say, but I actually just was on the phone with my best friend this morning, and I was talking, I suffer from a terrible anxiety disorder. It's caused me to not work for months at a time, it's caused me to not get out of bed for days, but when I am singing, and those vibrations are happening in my body is the only time that anxiety dissipates 100%. Medication can't get me there, drugs and alcohol can't get me there, nothing can get me there except singing. So that is what I hold on to. And Sam, although he's a painter, is that it is as important, if not worse, because he's younger. Right. It seems more dramatic to him losing this art. But at the beginning, he thinks that it comes from this girl, but really just comes from you. Right. So, which it's told in a much more articulated manner. But um, yeah, I mean, art for me is just like, that's just what I've always done. Could you see yourself doing anything else? In what realm? Like, now as a 20-something. I, I mean, I've had a lot of careers in this city. I've been an HR associate for a year. I've been a personal trainer and a fitness model for four years. And like, I've been an acupuncture assistant and worked in insurance. Like, I distracted myself. I did that whole, like, got out of school, so young, ready to go, started working, got so terrified and critical of myself that I hid behind careers for, like, two years. And then it wasn't until I got so fed up and almost angry where I like walked into an audition room I'm like I'm booking this show and it was your name on my lips and great yeah so I can foresee myself doing something else but I know it comes with misery since I tried it so you talked about you being drawn to new works mm -hmm. how do you seek out the new works and what kind of styles are you interested in yeah um seeking out by saying yes to everything mm -hmm every weird reading that you get offered that doesn't sound like it's like it doesn't matter you have no idea who's going to be in that room helping Absolutely. on that project also some of the weirdest titles or concepts have <laughs> ended up being the greatest projects i've ever been in or it's just like keeping in contact with anyone that i did a um i helped music as assistant music director on inner city which is a 70s show that um my friend michael boyd is in love with he comes from the hair era with jesus christ superstar and all that and he loves inner city he wanted to bring it back so i helped on that four years later he rings me up and he's like yo do you want to help on this project i'm making a harvey milk musical do you want to be in it and we just did like the industry reading two weeks ago and it's one of the most powerful pieces of theater i've ever been a part of it's and great you know, and that's just by like keeping and talking to him because he's a wonderful dude and it's just more you say yes, more you meet these people, and you end up working with your friends more than you ever do the random people behind yeah. the table. Like, I, like we all know, all our friends at work, like, it's just all those little, like, side conversations you have, they add up over time, and being a good person and not shit-talking. That's very true. <laughs> like, it's a, There's, like, a disease in this, in this industry where this cynicism just, like, ugh, it's so... I'm like, why do we want to work on a project we're constantly shitting on? Yeah, I mean, it's a competition, but it's... Theater is definitely still a family. We're all in it together. Yeah, like, uh, We're all trying to do the same thing. Exactly. When you make it a competition, it just takes the beauty out of it and the joy. And, and people don't fun. realize it hurts you. Yes. It hurts your humanity to continually rip people down. Like, So my best friend, um, like the first guy I ever lived with in the city was Dan DeLuca. And, and you know him very well. And um, so Dan, in his spare time since he left the company of Newsies, has really Dovin, 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 and everybody to um, <laughs> to learning more about manifestation and the law of attraction and like the vibrations and the physics of all that. 
and just talking about like what more authentic you are and like more you put into that world like it all works better so when you were sitting there we're ripping people down like that's bringing us down it's bringing everyone else down i don't know how i got into that topic but like <laughs> it's so important when it comes to creating these new works yeah. and seeking out these people and stuff so um what was the second part of the question no that was just like oh, that was a great yeah great um who are your biggest influences <sighs> women i've been obsessed with women singing since i was a child like who was number one who was the first one that Shoshana Bean okay is like anybody who is listening to this that knows me probably laughed like I there's not a video of that woman or an audio clip I've never heard I have like videos I have, have like, you gotten to see her live I've seen her live In... every every NYC show she does cool. I, I like block my schedule I just, I've never does she know that you're such a super fan I think she does she's commented on my Instagram so I'm just so like anti like I don't go up to her after shows because I'm like no we're gonna work together someday like, I'm convinced, I'm like, we have to. I have to make music with this lady. She's too genius. And it's, yeah, she has an amazing voice. And it's like the craziest riffs you'll ever hear. And it's soulful and all that good stuff. And her songwriting is amazing. But at the end of the day, like, you sit there and you hear every word she says. And I, she just inspires me to sing from a different place. Like, telling the story over vocal masturbation. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, her vo her voice is like so glorious like that but it is i mean other inspirations jay hud mm -hmm. i love jennifer hudson she taught me how to mix way back in the day when that dream girls track came out okay and i was like what is these noises i make like so i love jay hud i love jesse J. I love gaga from I, I was like one of those original little monsters at her uh -huh. concerts um these are so like new age people but like these people really structured when i got out of just listening to theater music because that's kind of what I grew up with with theater, blues, and country. These are like the ladies I found that really like moved me and, and inspired me. And I like love you know the old schools, Whitney and um, just I don't know any anyone that just like changes the energy in a room when they sing. Yeah. I'm all here for it. That's that's what gets me. So would you say that Shoshana Bean is your dream co-star? Yep, hundred percent. Do you have, like, a dream project for the two of you to do together? I think it has not been written yet. That's fair, Because right. I, I want to create something. Like, I saw her, the last thing, I, musical I saw her do was Beaches in mm -hmm. Chicago in Drury Lane. Ooh, gee, Lord have mercy. Like, yeah. I, it was a moving thing. Like So, all right, let, let, in the view of putting things out there, who do you want to write the musical for you and Shoshana? Us. All right. 100%. Um, but, I mean, if we have to take that out, I mean, she always sounds good when she goes with the Hairspray crew. You know, nice. if, we, if we go back to her OG days when she was doing the scene change for Mom, I'm a Big Girl now, when she was, like, doing Mariah Carey whistle tones, like, she does well with those writers. So, I mean, and who doesn't love them? So, yeah, I don't know. I just think she needs, she needs her, like, Alice Ripley role. You know what I mean? Like, okay. she, she can she can go there. So, I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like I, think about that forever. I mean, I'm, I'm I think I'm pretty good at generating some questions. I've oh been doing yeah, it for a little like, while. <laughs> I was like, oh wow. Do you have any pre-audition or pre-show rituals? Meditation. Okay. I, the second I walk into a theater, you can ask like, no matter if people need to talk, I'm like, I, I'll see you in 15 minutes. I make sure I get there early so it's not my call time, and I just have to change the energy. Like you have to take control of what's happening. 
and you can't let those nerves get ahead of you. Do you have like an app you listen to, or do you just do it on your own? Depends. Some day, some days, my brain is just too loud to go off on my own and try it. Especially when you're in a theater, it's so much right. easier to put headphones on and have someone talk you through it. Um, and it, it definitely depends what I need, what I'll do. A lot of times, a shock or alignment just to be grounded in your acting, but it really depends on the day. What is the best show you've ever seen? The best show I've ever seen. Oh my god, that is hard. I mean, I feel like the show I was the most moved by was Cynthia Revo in Color Purple. Mm -hmm. I saw that like six times. Oh wow! I couldn't get enough. It's six times more than I saw it. Like I didn't we, get. I, oh I did my not god! Get a chance to see it. Oh my god! That <laughs> that woman is just like, where have you been all of our lives? And like all of all of them that whole like that should have been an ensemble tony they should have kicked that off but one day there will be an ensemble some, tony there are too many good on like they're you know like come from away ensemble tony like i haven't even seen it yet but i'm like already i know you would be nominated yeah. just by watching this pr promo well i know i'm still fighting for to get that sound design award back so once we that's, get that back we'll we'll fight for that's that asinine I, that that's not even there like Literally, anyone who's ever performed wouldn't know what to do without sound design. I, like, I mean, I'm at the point now where, like, if I have, if there's a show that had, like, an incredible sound design, I will, like, emphasize it and say, if you need to learn what sound design is, go see this show because mm -hmm. this is why we mm -hmm. need it. Oh, oh sound design. Well, how do you stay theatrically active? I write music every day and YouTube. I'm I'm, I feel like I was at the start of that generation for theater YouTubers. And like I saw Wicked on March 4th, 2007 with Christy Cates in Chicago. And ever since then, like I became that YouTube person that saw every alphabet on YouTube. And then like through that, I like was like, oh, now that person's doing this show. And then I began to learn about all these other shows. And it was just like the magic of illegal bootlegs on YouTube when you're a kid in the Midwest wanting to do something no one else around yeah. you wants to do. And I was in seventh grade seventh grade when I really got into YouTube and even now I go on YouTube more than I go on Netflix I rather watch people perform live and learn from that every day than watch Westworld or the greatest show sure. on TV you know so um, that's really how I I that gives me is hearing people sing is equally uh, satisfying to me as doing it myself like, that's great I when I was younger I used to want to be Simon Cowell without being a an asshole you know what i mean like so i i was like if i could just like give a start to these like singers i hear that i'm like you're a mate like that would be great but that's for another time you know what it, i mean it, like, it can happen one day yeah just like i want to do it myself first yeah you know? so if you could steal anybody's career who would it be hmm good question i guess just like Anyone's career. Ooh, I always get torn when I think about this between seeing someone successful in theater and someone successful just on a stage doing their thing every night. You know, like a John Mayer type, although he's not like one of my top dudes, but I, I, he's an amazing guitar player, but like someone who just like gets up and does their work. Cause that's what I, when I'm not in a show, I'm just writing my own music. So if I could just be on a stage and sing, then that's fine. So specifically, I don't know who's... I mean, I, you know what? I got it. Stephen Pesquale. All right. That There's, like, I would have done Bridges for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah? I, was, I still can get there when they revive it when I'm 40. Let's hope. Is that... How old is that guy? I don't know. Because he looks, they, like, they, 30. He's so beautiful. They changed it from, like, the... I don't, I don't, Stephen Pesquale, oh, I'm not sure how old he is. He's, he's probably in his 30s. Oh, 
and then did you ever see when him and Laura Osnes did in Chicago at the Lyric? They're, they released I've some... I've not seen any of the videos, but I've... Oh, the, if I loved you, I was like, "What? Come on!" Well, I was I was convinced that that was going to come to Broadway. That so was I. Who? But people are just scared of that show. Yeah, they're really, really scared of that show, and I get it. But also, like, it's a period piece. We need to remember that it's same, a thing well, same that with the controversy over that review from what did they just do at City Big River? Yeah. Yeah. The yep. same thing with like time sensitive. Like I'm like, no, it's important. The, yes, it really yes. is. It really is. So we're going to move into the non-theatrical questions of what I call the fun questions. Some things that may be related to the show a little bit. So, what is love? Yeah, it's a loaded question there. Yeah. What is love? I guess it's happiness as your truest self. Okay. And sometimes you find partners that make that harder, and sometimes you find partners that enable that. And a lot of times you can find that when you're single, you know? So I think that's what my answer would be. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here. As a trainer, what advice can you give to someone looking to lose weight and get fit? Throw your scale away. It's so pointless. Knowing how much you weigh, unless it's for a medical purpose, it's so pointless. Losing weight is such a is such a empty goal. Mm-hmm. I always say, like, I teach, I love teaching group fitness. That's, like, where, like, performing and fitness come together. Well, that's going to be the next question. How does theater and exercise relate? There you go. And I get very soapboxy in my classes, but I think it's super important because I'm just, like, well, you need to remember the why you showed up. You did not show up. Like, arms and abs are super cool, but if at the end of the day you still feel like crap, was any of this worth it? Like, if you wake up tomorrow feeling better than you did today, then it was a victory. This class was a victory. Like, you need to feel empowered by you instead of what you look like in the mirror because I've done that. I did the fitness model thing. I've consistently been, quote, ripped for years, and it never has made me happier. It's only made me more miserable and sadder and develop eating disorders and have to quit the business. Like, it's so unhealthy to get caught up in that. But if you're just chasing the feeling, you're going to be set. You're going to be eating the right foods. You're going to just be moving. You don't have to look a certain way. It's sure. Also, we all have that inner radar of attraction to whoever we're going to be attracted to. So it's going to be set off whether you are 100% ripped or 70% ripped. Right. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't, I just, there's such a weird thing going on with like Instagram and fitness. And like, that's how I paid my rent for two years. So I can't hate, like my Instagram <laughs> paid my rent, but like. There's, there's too many opinions out there. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And it's just like, there's, you see all, I think it's so unhealthy to scroll Instagram and look at your fitspirations every day and be reminded that you, that's not what you look like. Yeah. But also those people, that is their job. It was a heck of a lot easier for me to be in shape when I was being paid to wake up, work out, train a couple people and go to bed. Like no crap. I have nothing else to do right. all day. But once you like have a nine nine to five job or like you're going to do eight shows a week on Broadway, like it's a whole different ball game, you know? That's not your main focus. Right. It's it's really crazy. What's the best place in New York for a run? Oof, I hate running. <laughs> um you'll never see me running. But Central Park, being our, it's the only place of vegetation. Like that's so good for you just to be I, I walk through Central Park. I just hate running. I work, I like briefly worked with Barry's boot camp and half their class was running and it was just like Not for you. No. I my cardio also. I did I come from insanity body weight world. So like I can jump, I can do like 
crazy fast high knees, but like running is, I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like not pleasurable. So if we're not, not going to see you running, we'll probably see you at a bar. So what's your favorite New York City bar? Oof. Um, my favorite New York City. I mean, okay, this is so trashy to say. I love a Blockheads trip because it's wallet friendly. Yes, it is. They're the strongest margaritas yes, in the are. city. And it's the only place I can, now my Puerto Rican girlfriend wants to like slap me even though this is <laughs> Mexican food, but I love hard shell tacos. Yeah. I love hard shell. So like she like always rips on me for that. But I, like we used to go all the time and just get tacos and like three margaritas and you are good. Yes, you are. Like, I mean, that's another reason why I'm really excited for spring and summer to come so I can go sit out and do yes, yes. And there's so many more there. I just went to one yesterday with Dan DeLuca at the, the Upper West Side. We oh, were yeah. like, oh my God, I forgot there's a block. It's here. We have to go because we passed it. Like, yeah, we like, they're, they're so good. Yeah. Oh, so we're it. moving into what I call the pop five rapid fire. So I'm going to mm. give you five things and like just say the first thing that comes to mind and then you can explain if you like. Great. Number one is the Wall Street Bull. When it's a, what, what's, what word association? Yeah. Word association, phrase, whatever you want. Complicated. Yeah. Did you see the new um, statue they put in front of it? Uh, maybe. The the girl. No, do yeah. tell. Uh, no, there's they've now put a girl like right in front of the bull, so you should go check it out. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. In like story. a good way or yeah. like okay, I was like, wait, that could go oh, two oh, different yeah, ways great. depending which way she's facing. No, you know? <laughs> staring it right down. Oh great, that's a great addition. Yeah. Number two is March Madness. Irrelevant. <laughs> not a, not a college no. basketball fan. Although I do, one of my favorite memories in the city was so when you're from the South Side of Chicago, you pretend you go to Notre Dame. So we're all Notre Dame fans. I'm actually shocked. I'm not wearing. I like always have something Chicago on. I have a yeah. Hawks hat on right now. And um, my pa- parents flew in that weekend. and We watched the Final Four that weekend. And we went bar hopping, and that's like the most enjoyment I've ever received from March Madness. <laughs> I just like basketball is not my game. Well, speaking of Chicago sports teams, number three, Chicago Cubs. I'm a Sox fan from the South Side. We so? hate the Cubs. So you were not happy this year, were you? No, no, no. I was. I was fine with. That. I'm not. I'm not so psycho. There, I have friends who like consistently shout on the Cubs, and I was like, yeah, but we haven't won since '05, like the Sox. <laughs> so like, who are we talking? Like, and we've besides that, like. You know, yeah, and well, we're 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 bad right now. We're transitioning and making changes, but I mean, I'm a Yankee fan, so I'm I'm going through some things still. I feel you. I feel but you. One day we'll get back. There. My girlfriend's a Mets fan, Oof, so that's hard. Yeah, it was a hard, hard year. That was a hard hard ending. <laughs> Number four is Ariana Grande. Love her. Oh yeah. Love her. You can Just, under, you can understand her. Oh yeah. Like. <laughs> I don't, I don't, her, I just think her vocals, I've also like known about Ariana Grande since 13. Mm-hmm. So like we all listen to that cast album and we're like, who is that? Yeah. Like what on earth? But in like. She found herself an opportunity. She did. She <laughs> did. I also like you, her vocals are insane. Her vocals are insane. Like I, you can't understand her, but like welcome to pop. Like she is, she makes her own sound. She knows what she's doing. I don't, I can't speak on like her personality. I don't know how real or how tabloided that is. Like, I don't, because I know people who know her and they just say amazing things. And like, you meet Frankie and he's, he's a great dude. Like, I don't know him personally. You know what I mean? Shoshana's great friends with Ariana Grande. Like, you know what I mean? They're all, I'm like, 
I don't know, like good people associate with, I don't, maybe it's just they're trying to make the, because think about how badly Madonna was framed her whole Absolutely. Career. Did you see that speech she made? She just won Woman of the Year for a Women Billboard. Amazing. Everybody watch it. It's an 11-minute speech. It's heavy. But I, I've also been very anti-Madonna my life because I was pro-Gaga. Mm-hmm. And Madonna was very anti-Gaga and that right. whole fight with Born This Way and What's the song they think that she took it off of? Um, that's, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, they think she liked Jack. I was like, no, welcome to Chord Progressions. It's called Learn Music. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so, I, but now that made, that speech made me love Madonna and, like, made me real. I'm like, I gotta stop making judgment. Even on, like, like, we all know Mariah's a diva. but She is. But, like, the shit she goes through in the headlines that in the last decade about, like, her psyche has to be so all over the place right now. Like I like feel for her. Like I'm like just because like we we do that. We we're on stage. I'm like oh like it's so easy for people to demonize. I was like yeah, but you can't even step on that stage. Yeah. You don't even like I don't know. So love Ariana's vocals. Did you I, have you heard the duet with John Legend? Yeah, that's weird to me. It that is. that was weird. They just don't blend. Also, just like don't do it. Isn't Angela Lansbury still alive last time yeah. we checked? Yeah, and Celine Dion. Or Celine. Celine can still sing it probably exactly yeah. the same. I, all I hear is that her Las Vegas show is the most unbelievable display of vocal technique and pop you'd ever hear. But, like, that was... It was I, I'm like, fine, sing it. And even if you don't blend, fine. But, like, the riffing in Beauty and the Beast... And I'm all pro riffs, but, like, not in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Like that's, well, I mean, I, I am a diehard Mika fan. Ah, so yes. when they like brought her to do the popular song uh, duet, and like yeah. all she was doing was riffing, I was like, "This is a duet. You're you're his support, not mm-hmm. you. Have to be a good partner there." And oh, so I'm not never been a huge fan of her just because like I love Mika so much. And, yeah, I feel that. But the Mika um, Kristen Chenoweth the version of the popular song is quite awesome. It I'll is. Take that one. It is. All right, number five. Donald Trump. Um, I have like a very, uh, political talks are pretty much every day in my friend circle. And we're kind of at a point where like, I'm, I very much don't wish to discuss politics with people looking to demonize the right. Like you got to think past that. You got to think bigger than that. And cause liberals are pretty big hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Um, especially people who identify as progressive liberals because people who consider themselves progressive and liberal seem to be telling people to shut up a lot. Donald Trump, um, clearly even Eric Sirota wrote a musical three years ago prophesizing it. So like he's a product of the environment and I think he's a product of not listening. And um, yeah, it's because it, like all the reasons people had to vote for him. Yeah, they're like, they're not legit. But to those voters, that's their world. Like, so you look at a middle-class American who feels ignored. That's a human being with real feelings that need to be listened to that were ignored. And they were called basket of deplorables and all that. And it's, now, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not a conservative. I'm not a Republican. I come from a Republican household. So I have these talks a lot. I'm very moderate when it comes to the Mm -hmm. economy. Um, I identify as a classic liberal. But... I think there needs to be less of look at what they're doing and more of what am I doing to make a change. You know, like, awesome, you marched on the street, so what are you doing now? Or did you feel like that was good enough to go sit at home? Because last time I checked, nothing changes from marching. It just gets the topic in the news. 
then what are you doing to follow up with that? Are you following through? My way is creating art and performing and making statements in mm-hmm. art. You know what I mean? So that's what I do. Um, but I also donate. You know what I mean? I donate right. to Flint on the first of every month because that is for some reason still fucking going on. Can we swear on the show? Sure, absolutely. Like, okay. And so like, it's just things like that. But like, it's, it's just hard because it... This election woke me in a different way than being politically woke. Like I, I fought, I've marched with Black Lives Matter. I've marched with women's marches. I've marched with Muslims. I've, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I've done that, but this made me realize like a different level of awareness where I, it's just a very weird time politically to it be is. alive. And people, some people just got on the train from this election. So they're very much like, to, like 18 months ago of being like F the Republicans Donald Trump's crazy but like we know this like we already know he's crazy we already know what he's doing we are like so what are we doing to combat it because the Democratic Party's a mess so I identify as an independent like the Democrat like they just like they don't have answers to give back yeah. so if everyone it's, it's ridiculous it really is um, I mean we could I, we could have made this the hour podcast we, we could but all I have to say is listen to your neighbor. Listen and find someone who doesn't think like you. Like, I, like I, I, I love talking and hearing my uncles. Some of them voted for Trump and I didn't talk to them for months. I took that route, right? I demonized everybody. I followed the brainwash of thinking like the uh, it was one or the other. You know what I right. mean? Like, and it's, it's not like it. But I think the best way for our generation to make change is to get in office. It's great. That's not where my strengths lie. Like, run for city council. Do that. Like, those little changes. Be a teacher. Oh, my God. Be a teacher. That's how you change America. Education. Especially with the risk that it's in right now, right? All, like, with, with who just took over that and the bill they tried to introduce right. with the voucher program this week, which was distracted by talking about Obama tapping <laughs> Trump, which was silly because if that was happening, that means he's in pretty deep shit. So, yes, yes. um yeah, it's just it's like education and just talking, but that is education. Talking Absolutely. to somebody else is educating yourself. So that's what I would say about that is without diving any deeper. That's into great. That. No, I like that. Yeah. So every episode I have my previous guest ask my next guest a question. Okay. So this is a question from Tom Block, and we kind of dove into it a little bit, but we'll we'll change it a little bit. Um, if you could do something different with your life, what would it be? Be a lawyer. Yeah. I actually thought I was going to be a lawyer growing up. Actually, no joke, I was really big into The Apprentice. So was I. And I really idolize the, what we now know are not true stories of, all, of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just so bizarre to think about. I actually haven't thought about this in a while. And I knew he was a lawyer, and then he... I see. I didn't know he got all this money from his dad and blah blah. So I thought he built this on his own, right. and he like opened up. So I was like, I'm. I want to bring joy to people. I'm gonna be a lawyer, like a civil rights lawyer, and like somehow make a bunch of money doing that, and open a stream of theme parks. Like that was my like what I was gonna do with my life. But I really think like I would, I I would be a lawyer if I wasn't doing this. Like I know that defending people and like just being that person that could help that extra step, and I I know I can talk to. How many people are on a jury? 13, is that a thing? Oh my God, that's so embarrassing, 12. 12 angry men. Oh, that's exact. <laughs> I literally went to say like, what is the uh, what is the play named after the jury? <laughs> I was like, okay, yikes. All right. So yeah, 
I would definitely be a lawyer. Nice. So now is your turn to ask my next guest a question, and you don't get to know who it is. If you could go back and change something about your process from your previous project you worked on, what would it be? Oh, I like that. It's a good one. Yeah. All right. So where can we find you on social media? Uh, Instagram, Matt E. Mitchell, and then... I've kind of like really, so I used to be big on social media and I, that used to be like my life. Um, and then I, I, when I stopped doing the fitness modeling, like I changed my, I used to be body by Mitchell and have a brand and on Facebook and across the thing I had websites and then I just like got rid of all of it and switched my handle to Matt E. Mitchell and I just have my personal Facebook right now. So we're, I'm like transitioning. That's great. But it's healthy. Just with everything going on, it makes me not go on the internet a lot. I get my sources from news instead of facebook sure i think it's important so yeah i try to i'm trying to stay off but you can't because i mean you and me are communicating through facebook right now you know what i mean so like yeah oh believe me like i've I've tried to get myself off of facebook mostly because i don't want to see my feed i'd rather see like what your results on a buzzfeed quiz was but that's not where where are you from originally i'm from jersey oh how's that how's your home feed not bad yeah there's My, a couple, mine's pretty weird. There, I there, there are a couple people that I'm like, oh. Um, but no, most people that I have communicated with are have the same feelings as I do. But um, yeah. no, like I just can't get off of Facebook because I need it for yeah, it sucks. the business. <laughs> I, want to block. I just want to delete it, but I'm like, yeah. no, I get so many jobs through Facebook messages. Yeah. Like so many readings and workshops come from that and it's like you can post on facebook looking for an actor for yeah. a project and yeah you did that today you get and you got like 30 people, people being exactly. like me 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 right like, so it's yeah it's a great tool but i wish i can go back in time and never have it i agree i sorry if anybody there are many of older people on facebook who are quite lovely but i think the biggest downfall politically to this entire country and the reason we are where we are is because we let older people on facebook <laughs> because they can't tell like we're so we've grown up with computers so in a minute i can tell a fake article yeah you can tell just the way it's formatted the way the typography is the wording with a source like but a lot of times they're like sharing these art i'm like oh my god yep. like and then everyone who reads your share believes it mm-hmm. and i'm like Oh my god, it's not it's a, it's a it. terrible choice. <laughs> well, well, I'll have everyone follow you on Instagram. We can just see a pretty picture. That's it. Great. Um, Great. If you've gotten this far in the podcast, make sure you let us know by using hashtag Bean. <laughs> you can catch Matt in Your Name on My Lips at Theater for the New City until March 19th, Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays at 8, and Sundays at 3. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. A big thanks to Matt for joining me. Don't forget to visit our Patreon page for information on becoming a patron. And if you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.